on, I want to hear your worship. Come on, let your worship saturate the atmosphere. We pray for you tonight. Oh God. Oh God. I tell you, I do want to go ahead and put this out there for those of you that live in the nation of Bermuda. You will know who Miss Carmelita Millet is. You will know all about her, all about her ministry. Um, this month, the uh, dates are October the 12th through the 15th. She is getting ready to have uh, an event and it is going to be held at Willow, Willow Bank Resort. And so those of us that live here in the nation of Bermuda, we know exactly where that is. And if you don't, it is located on the island. I'm sorry, on the Somerset part of the island. Very beautiful hotel. And so they're going to be right there. And their theme is kingdom advancement. And so I was able to actually participate in one of these events. I want to say about two years ago. And when I tell y'all the presence of God filled that place like crazy. And so if you are looking for an event to definitely support, I want you to support her event. It's happening October 12th through the 15th. October 12th through the 15th at Willow Bank Resort. I'm telling you, it is going to be a blessing. And we're going to be talking with her on next week, even uh, concerning that event. Amen. So once again, guys, it is so good to see each and every single one of you. If you have not been able uh, to hit your share button, go ahead and do that. Now, let me just make sure that I shared this properly. Hold on one second. I want to make sure. Okay, I did. Praise the Lord. Got to make sure that I did it. So I see my mama is tuned in. My mama's tuning in all the way from Huntsville, Alabama. So awesome to have you on. And I said, hey, to Crystal. So awesome to have you guys on here with us this afternoon. You guys are such a blessing. Like I always say, I would not be able to do this if it was not for you and for your faithful support. And of course, we want to give a special shout out to the nations, you guys. We have somebody tuning in today from South Africa. And so we want to uh, we want to extend a warm welcome to those that are tuning in from the U.S., that are tuning in from Africa, that are tuning tuning in from Russia. Even we've received report that people are tuning in from Italy and so uh, the UK. And so, of course, there are several others. And so we're so thankful for your support. We're so thankful that you tune in on a weekly basis. Without you, we would not be able to do this. Now, if you have not hit that share button, go ahead and hit that share button because we are getting ready to dive into today's topic. And it is going to be absolutely amazing. And we are going to be talking about avoiding vulnerability, avoiding vulnerability. Um, a few weeks ago, not a few weeks ago, a few days ago, I should say, I had put out on my social media this post and it talked about how dangerous it is to be vulnerable. 
what you don't know is that whenever you are vulnerable, uh, whenever you are vulnerable, meaning that you are open, uh, you you whenever you are vulnerable, you're in, you are in a place where you are very open uh, to anything. You can fall for just about anything. Your guards are not up. Your senses are not really that strong. And so any and everything can can present itself to you and you are more susceptible to to gravitate toward what that thing is, whether if it's God or whether if it's not God. Now, if it's God, that's a wonderful thing. But if it's not God, there's a problem there. And let me tell you something. These are one of the ways that the enemy attacks his people. Can the enemy attack believers? Absolutely, he can attack believers. If anybody tells you that after you are saved, the enemy can't attack you and that he can't oppress you and that he can't possess you, you, that person does not know what they're talking about. If you open up your soul to a spirit, he will attack. And a lot of times what we don't understand is that when we are vulnerable, this opens up our mind, our will, and our emotions, our soul. It opens it up for the enemy to attack us with different thoughts. These can be, these can be thoughts of thoughts of you feeling as though you're not good enough. These can be thoughts of doubt. These can be uh, thoughts of you uh, feeling as though, you know, you're, you're never going to accomplish anything. You're never going to amount to anything. You have to learn how to fight against these thoughts. And so the other day when I listed this on social media, I also gave a list of different things that can cause you to be vulnerable. One of those things just so happened to be offense. We touched on this last week. I've been reading this book, y'all, called The Bait of Satan. When we, when I had my special guest on last week, um, we had dabbled, we had dived over into this topic just a little bit, but um, I've been reading this book and I tell you, this book has just been blowing my mind because it, it, it has been revealing, it has been revealing, um, it has been revealing so much of of how we can easily become offended and we can become offended at the most craziest things. Like it doesn't take a lot. And it's what's so amazing about it. What's so crazy about it is that the enemy would cause so much offense to rise up in the church. Well, the thing of it is that that's so dangerous about it is after you are offended, like I said, uh, that can cause you to become very vulnerable. Guess what else can cause you to be become very vulnerable? It can be uh, being rejected. It can be, um, let's see, being abandoned. It can be divorce, uh, going through a, a bad breakup, going through job loss and suffering from uh, extreme poverty. These things can cause you to become very vulnerable. Now, I said it before at the beginning of this conversation, and I'll say it again. We as believers, we want to avoid vulnerability at all costs. Because when you are vulnerable, you become a you become a target for the enemy. And let me tell you something. At that moment, the first thing that he is going to hit is your mind. 
The first thing that he is going to begin to start coming after is your mind, your thoughts. And the, the way that the enemy works, he doesn't, he doesn't remain with you all day and speak to you all day and nag you all day. No, the way that this thing works, the way that the enemy moves is he'll speak one thing to you and then he will walk off and he will he will sit back and watch and see if what he spoke grows and a lot of times we as believers we hear something demonic that the enemy speaks to us come on what can be a demonic thought that we hear him say you're never going to come up out of this come on i feel the holy spirit on today hey shonda hey aaron so good to see you guys uh he'll say something like oh you're never going to make it up out of this now because we are seeing a certain scenario in our life or because we are going through a certain scenario in our life with our eyes, it looks like what he's saying is true. That's what the enemy does. The enemy doesn't just lie, you guys. The enemy takes truth and wraps a lie around it. And so he will take what it is that you were looking at, what it is that you were seeing. He will take that and then he'll say, you know that that thing is never going to change. And if we are already afraid, if we are already dealing with fear, what are we going to do? We're going to hear that thought and we're we're going to ponder over that thought time and time again. That's the reason why that's the reason why prayer is so imperative. Praying in the Holy Ghost is so imperative for a believer. That's the reason why reading the word of God is so imperative for the believer. Why? Because you are training your spirit to let it know that you are in charge. And so let me give you guys one of my secrets. Every morning when I wake up, I tell my flesh, I don't care how tired you are right now, you are not in charge. You're not going to get me to go back in my bed and lay down. You're not going to get me to just sit here and not do nothing and not say nothing and give over into my feelings. No, I have to get my, I have to wake up my spirit, man. I have to become alert. Why? Because I don't have time to be vulnerable. Let me tell you what the enemy will do. Him, him being a person that always operates through different tactics, he will try his hardest to trip you up during the day. Come on, who am I talking to this afternoon? He will try his hardest to throw things at you during the day, stuff that you didn't even anticipate, stuff that you didn't even see coming. And if your spirit, if your spirit is not alert, if your spirit is not in control. Well, guess what's going to happen when those things are thrown at you, you're going to easily give over into them. So he can say to you, Hey, you're never going to make it up out of this. Hey, you know that you're going to die from this. Come on. The enemy's been speaking to somebody that's even watching on today and giving you every reason as to why it is not going to work. But remember how the enemy works. He takes truth and he wraps a lie around it. And the reason why why he does it is because he wants you to speak against your own victory.
Come on. The enemy cannot stop your victory, but you can. Somebody said, well, how can I stop my victory? You stop. We stop our victory by opening up our mouth and by speaking death to it. The Bible says that death and life are in the power of the tongue. And so if the enemy, if he can speak it in your mind, the next thing that he's waiting on is for you to say it. And once you say it, then you will begin to start seeing it unravel. You know, there's a book that was released some years ago and it's called The Secret. I know that we've all heard of The Secret. And one of the things that they say is whatever it is that you believe, you will see it. Well, the thing of it is they really just took a concept of that we find in the word of God that teaches us that whatever it is that we believe, whatever it is that we have faith for, we will see it. We might have to plow the ground over and over again. We might have to, we might have to, we might have to strike the ground over and over again. There was a man in the word of God. He was believing God for something great. And the Bible says that this man, he went to the prophet, the prophet Elisha, he was getting ready to die. He was on his deathbed. He went to the prophet and he said, look, this is what I'm believing God for. What is God saying? Elisha gave him an instruction and the instruction was to strike the ground. And this man, he struck the ground, not once, but three times. And at the end of him striking the ground, Elisha said to him, if you you would have kept on striking, then the enemy that you are wanting the Lord to take out, God would have wiped them completely out. But now, because you only struck the ground three times, not only will I fight your enemy, but it's going to be a bit harder for you to take them out. Come on. For some of you, you are one strike away from seeing your enemy become annihilated. But what the enemy want, but what the enemy is trying to do to you is he's trying to get you to cancel out your own miracle because that's what we do as humans. We are led by what we see. If we can't touch it, if we can't taste it, if we can't feel it, if we can't understand it, then we don't pay no mind to it because this world down here teaches us to be logical. And if you are illogical or if you are taught to be illogical, automatically you're going to be deemed as weird. You're going to be deemed as different. And at the end of the Day, who wants to be called those things? But if you understand that it is a logical instructions that causes miracles to take place, then you would be more willing to do it. If you understand that it is a logical directions that causes that causes doors to open, then you would not question it. But how do we come into this understanding? We come into this type of understanding when we alert our spirit every day by letting our flesh know you are not in control. I will not be led by what I see. I know what I'm seeing with my eyes might be the opposite of what God is saying with his mouth, but I'm going to be led by what God, that's the reason why the Bible says to seek his face because on his face is his mouth. And so when you are seeking the face of God, you are seeking what God is saying. And when you are seeking what God is saying, then that's the moment. That's the moment where you are only led by that.
And so for a lot of us, we are hearing, we are hearing too much. There are too many voices. There's a voice here that's influential. There's a voice here that's influential. And notice this, the enemy only targets you when you are at your weakest moment. Come on. How do we know that, Pastor Chanel? Well, you remember when Jesus was in the wilderness and he was fasting for 40 days? The Bible says that he was hungry. And the Bible says that the enemy came to him and tempted him right at the moment where he was ready to eat anything. But one thing that fasting does, fasting puts your spirit back into alignment. It causes your flesh to come under subjection to your spirit man. See, the enemy didn't know that. The enemy thought, oh, this guy don't really know who he is. Let me test him out. And of course, we know the story. He ended up, he ended up failing at what he was trying to attack Jesus with. Come on. The enemy does not have any new tactics. Come on. If you haven't hit that share button, go ahead and hit it. Hey, Victoria, so good to see you, girl. The enemy does not have any new tactics, y'all. It's 2023 and he is still doing the same thing. He only hits you at your weakest moment. Now, here's the thing. We will all face weak moments in our life. Oh, yes, we will. That's just that's just a part of the journey. You are going to face weak moments at life. But what do you do in those moments? Well, you have to remain vigilant and you have to remain sober. Even when you are at your weakest moment, you have to understand that this is the moment where the enemy will try to hit me the hardest. This is the moment where the enemy will try to speak to me about something. Oh, my God. God, this is what I feel in my spirit. So many of you are believing God for some things, but you've been believing God for it for so long that you've become weary. You've become tired and you are persistent and you are praying for it. You started off praying with a loud voice. You started off praying with a voice of triumph, but now it's as though your voice is as though you are praying with a very weak voice. Here's what I need for you to hear this morning. You're still praying. That's all you need. It might be a weak voice. It might not be as loud as how you started, but as long as you are still praying, because what the enemy desires to do is cut off your communication. The enemy desires to cut off your lifeline. He wants to stop you from praying because he understands that when you are weak, he understands that when you stop praying, you lose power, you lose strength. But as long as I'm praying, I know that I got somebody that is fighting for me. As long as I've got, as I'm praying, I know that I have heaven's backing. Come on. The worst thing that you can do is stop praying because at that moment you become an automatic target for the enemy to attack. And let me tell you something. He will attack. Come on. I'm talking to those of you that are facing divorce today. I'm talking to those of you that have faced sudden death. I'm talking to those of you that are grieving, those of you that have faced job loss, those of you that have faced a, a financial cut in your life. I'm telling you that this is the moment for you to begin to start speaking to your spirit man and start building up your most holy faith because God is with you.
Let me tell you something. It is a very dangerous thing when you ignore, when you ignore the voice of the Lord. Let me tell you what else vulnerability will cause you to do. It will cause you to start making quick decisions. Hey, Lorita, it will cause you to start making quick and anxious decisions. What does the Bible say? Let me tell you something. God will never call you or will never, will never force you to rush into something. That's that. That's not what he doesn't work like that. He, let me, this is how God works. God will prepare you for a season. He will prepare you for a certain moment in your life. He'll speak to you about it. He'll take you through tests. He'll process you for that moment. And then he'll let you know, hey, that moment, this, this opportunity is about to come to you. You better get ready. That's how it was before I got married. I went through a whole year of being prepared for marriage. I wasn't even dating nobody, but I was getting ready for marriage. What was I doing? I was learning how to sleep on one side of the bed. Yeah, God taught me. He said, I need for you to learn how to sleep on one side of the bed. If you want, if you want to, I need for you to begin to start making room for your husband. I had to go out and I had to begin to start shopping like I was shopping for two. And then the husband showed up. And right when he showed up, I knew that it was God because God had already told me that it was going to happen. That's how God works. But what God does not do is he does not put you in situations that he has not prepared you for and then demand that you make a quick decision. Come on, some of you are getting ready to make a decision about something that you have not sought the Lord about. This is your life. Come on, you're vulnerable and you're hurt from your last relationship and you never did take it to God in prayer. And so now here comes all of these different relationships, all of these dating opportunities that are coming to you and you're falling into it without praying for it because you are lonely and you want to be with somebody. Let me tell you something. I would rather lay in the bed by myself than to be held by a man that has a demon on the inside of him and that demon has been sent to try to destroy me. Let me tell you something, baby. It ain't worth it. Oh my God. Some of us, we will, we will compromise and we will, we will compromise and we will make a quick decision to go into something that we have not prayed about just because we are thinking about the, the night of passion that might come with it. Let me tell you something. At the end of the day, I would rather be in bed alone burning. Come on, y'all hear what I'm saying? We all grown on here. Those of you that are listening in the nations around the world here, if you, he that hath an ear, he that hath an he that hath an ear, hear what the spirit of the Lord is saying. I would rather be in my bed alone at night, burning. Starts with an H, ends with a Y. Then to make a quick, anxious decision and jump into a relationship with a guy that I have not brought to the Lord. I have not prayed about it. I'm just jumping in it because I'm lonely and I'm tired of being by myself. 
The Bible says, be anxious for nothing. I want to take a moment and just go back to this. It is a very dangerous thing when you make anxious decisions. God will never put you in a situation where he requires you to make a decision on the spot. And if anybody, I don't even care if they're in the church, if anybody forces you to make a decision without praying about it, that is a red flag, red flag, because this is what I do. Whenever I'm offering somebody an opportunity, I say, you know what, go and pray about it and come back to me and tell me what God has said, because I know that you have a relationship with him. And so because you have a relationship with him, you ought to be able to hear his voice and hear his instruction. And so what I'm not going to do is say,